All right, so you know we had to bring it back for week two. So many of y'all have asked what kind of music I love to listen to, and this has been one of my favorite ones. And this is a track called Rendezvous by Social Club Misfits, and it's on their new album, Everyone Loves the Comeback Story. And it was put out by Capital CMG, which happens to be a sponsor of this podcast. And if you want to hear more songs that I love by them and others, you can check out my workout Spotify playlist, and I'll put the link in the description of this episode. Everyone has been asking me to have a Navy Seal on the podcast. Uh, today, my guest is Marcus Luttrell. He's a husband, a father, um, former Navy SEAL, author of Lone Survivor, and I'm so excited for our conversation today. Marcus, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you having me. It's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to it. Man, I'm really pumped. So, you know, kind of knowing you through uh, the Robertson to through Willie, uh, specifically, he um, always speaks so highly of you. He says that you're one of the smartest people he's ever met and the funniest people that he knows. So I'm really looking forward to our conversation. Well... I, I've we've been friends a long time, Willie and I. That's that's uh, that's awful generous of him. He's such a great that that family is fantastic, and I mean a long time. And uh, I think sometimes me trying to figure out how, how how to to figure out my faith in my life when I, I ask questions a lot of times to people who I who who I know are genuinely good at something. You can always tell, right? I mean, you can tell if someone when they're smooth at something and they deliver it and they believe, not only believe, but when they got it, right? You're like, man, he just, that dude locked on. Yeah. And uh, there's some calamity in that. But remember, there's calamity in learning and life in itself. So I, I always had a good, uh, I don't know why. That's, okay, that's probably the only gift God ever gave me because it took everything else away from me when I came in. It was my ability just to kind of laugh and, and, and take everything on board. Yeah. So growing up, you and your brother both wanted to be Navy SEALs. Um, all the work that went into doing it and, and all the training and stuff, was it what you expected or was it harder than you expected or what was that like? All right. To put it into words for people, yes. It was, it was a lot more difficult in ways that you can't imagine. And, and you hear people say that, especially the elders. They're great at that. Like, oh, it's hard, but in ways you, may, you can't imagine. I was like, well, why don't you help me imagine what I'm dealing with here, right? So... Back in the 1900s, we, we didn't have the internet or, or there were no cell phones or anything like that. You had to have, there was a TV, we had TVs, but you had, there was a book called a TV guide and you had to have your butt in front of a TV at a certain time. You could read this book when something was going to come on. So the information about Navy SEALs, there wasn't a lot of it out there at all. There was a few books and a couple of documentaries. And one of the documentaries was called The Silent Option. And I'll never forget when it came on because this guy's voice. You know, I'm talking about like with, with men, like if we're sitting somewhere and somebody comes in and that freaking like, especially if there's music involved and there was in this, there was some music background and old dude opened his mouth and started talking and I, I was hooked right away. He's like, Navy SEALs get paid to take risks. They get sent into the worst places and whatever that was kind of, kind of called to me. It's in, in a mysterious way because I wasn't that type of person. I wasn't, I didn't like violence very much. I mean, I, I studied martial arts my whole life because I, I was little bitty. My brother and I were real small. And um, so we had to learn how to defend ourselves. Our dad was real big on that. And uh, But I got to tell you, doing all the training that I did, and I had guidance. I did. I really did. But like with anything, if you read the manual and then go and get in it, applying the manual into your life so you can apply your life to the into the manual and, and, and run it out, well, that's the fun part. And if you if you... If you don't remember that, it, it can get difficult. And with SEAL training, man, there was always something coming at us. So I think it was just how how um, how fast paced it was. 
Because we don't, there's no room. There, the way you get rid of all stupid stuff is puts yourself in a position where nothing else matters but you're the guy to the right and the left of you, just getting through the situation. Because we never passed anything. I, I never made a good grade on anything. And even if we did come under, come at the standard mark, this is the craziest part about this. So coming in, even at the standards that they set, they would beat us and cuss us. And I mean, guys freaking breaking bones and dying. And, and we're doing what they're saying. I mean, like we're literally and doing it better. Like some of our guys, excuse me, some of our guys, I'm getting fired up talking about Bud's train. Boy, what are you doing to me? And um, some of those guys, they, they exceeded the standards so well that the instructors got upset and beat them harder. Think about that. You know what I mean? And, and then that mindset kind of perpetuates itself. So that's what's created in the SEAL program. But you, 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 you kind of don't want to ever be completely ready for something because that would take the mystery and the fun out of it. I mean, what, what was the point? You know? Well, you just said you just said that you were a little guy, but you're actually, I mean, maybe you were little a while ago, but you're 6'5", and most Navy SEALs are not, not you know, as tall and as big as you are. So how was that going into it? Did you have any, like, fears or reservations about being a bigger guy trying to do what they were doing? I graduated high school. I was around 5'7", 154 pounds. When I joined the Navy, I was 6'1", 175 pounds. I came out, I was 6'5", 280. This is a government program you're looking at right here. All right, so thank you, American people. But I, I came up, I was a twin, an identical twin. And my brother and I, he's the same size as I am. Same that we were exact, we're identical to, we're mirrors, right? Left side, right side. I'm the right, I'm right-handed, right eye dominant. He's left-handed, left eye dominant. And, but we are inseparable. Our, yeah, our father raised us that way from the womb to the tomb. You know, we, we came into this world together. We're going to leave it together. And growing up, we didn't grow like everybody else. I mean, I, I talk about this sometimes on stage. I was like, hey, look, I, I had one of his eyeballs and he had one of mine. I mean, we were funky looking. So I was always looking at him and he was always looking at me. And, and then we had a mouthful of teeth and our, our bodies didn't grow like everybody else. Like our knees would grow funny. It's tough being young, man. But I always had a pretty good attitude about it. And then my father would always tell us, you know, he was, he was, a, he was a strong man. He was straight up, you know, I'm sure there's some, it even talks about that in the Bible, right? You're not really supposed to like your dad at all. You're, you're loved and beloved by your mother. Your father's the one that's supposed to be the disciplinarian, keep your butt in check. And that's the way it was in my family. My family's matriarchal. The women run the show. Matter of fact, the men in our family, they don't even want to see you till you can take care of yourself. They teach you. You know, that, that's it. Anytime they'd show up as if the women called them in and they would whip our butts, man, and then they'd leave again for sure. So it was, it was, uh, discipline's real strong in our family. But we still had to get out and work. I grew up on a, on a, on a, on a horse farm and everything else like that. And the mentors that I had growing up down here, a lot of them, they they were great. Because they would tell me, hey, look, trains run on rails. Dynamite comes in small packages. He goes, I could go on and on all day about that. It's like, I don't care what frame is wrapped around that spirit. It don't matter. It doesn't matter. Matter of fact, a lot of times that's designed to throw people off. Like, yeah, I look a certain way right now and I'm designed a certain way. But ultimately, at this stage of my life, it's more, it does more harm than good because of the way I look. Now I have to convince people that I'm a holy man. I'm like, hey, look, I'm here to help. I'm not here to hurt you at all. <laughs> I can't. I mean, yeah, I know how to do that. I'm not here for that. How about that? Like, I literally spent the first part of my life thinking 
that's God's irony. Thinking I was like, this is what I want to do, Lord. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a, a warrior. I want people to be afraid of me. Knowing, uh, excuse me, not knowing that on this back end, I have a family. I got everyone. I have to talk to people. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, even outside of the buds training and stuff, just the physical exercise that you put in to be able to do what you were able to do. Was there, were there times, did you view that more of a, as a job or did you enjoy um, just going in there and just doing no. a bunch of crazy workouts? That's a great question. That's a great question. You're, you're talking about when I, once, once I got in, right? Yeah. No, no, no. It consumes you. You, you can't help it. it. Oh, let me tell you something. <laughs> I can feel that part of me still there. That's why when you, when we talk about this, it lights up and I try my hardest to stay away from it. But, um, no, no, son, if you, no wife, no kids, that was my brother and I's arrangement, zero to 40. Like you spend the first 40 years of your life trying to figure out the man you're not. And the Bible talks the first 40 years, you know, in darkness and gold is forged in fire. So the hotter the fire, the pure the gold, you kind of want your life to be hard. Kind of really do, man. And then after you, at 40, there's a shift. It kind of, it rolls around on you and everything you thought you wanted in the beginning, kind of, you're like, oh, maybe I didn't know. But those of us who aren't married, I mean, I remember I had a day. I I remember where I was at. I remember what I was doing. I was like, I'm a Navy SEAL. I was like, I am going to eat, drink. We don't really sleep. I was like, "Ah, I'm out there training as hard as I can. And when it's time to study, I studied as hard as I could. I was like, because you can't believe what we get to do. I mean, training is hell. They send us to hell and back for sure. Absolutely. I mean, when you hear my story and you're like, man, you know, every Navy SEAL can go through what I went through. Oh, my testimony is to show you that it's, that it's capable because I was just one of them. I mean, I, all of our guys are different. All right. My specialty is, I mean, I have one, but it, all the team guys, the, the training that we go through in the beginning prepares us for that in all actuality. But that doesn't mean it doesn't get interesting. Well, something that's so interesting about you that I didn't know. So after, after Operation Red Wings, which we'll get into that in a little bit. But after that, you fully recovered, then you deployed again, which for most people, I don't think after what, what you went through on Operation Red Wings would ever want to go through that again. So for you, you know, with all the injuries that you um, endured and when you, fu- when you fully recovered, where did that courage come from for you to want to go back in there and, and do more? Well, that's what I, my job. That's what I am. Uh, you need to understand when that life consumes you, there's, there was no other option. It's like a firefighter making a fire. He got, he got burned a little bit and he doesn't go back in. Once my body healed up and my mind, you, I mean, you, you have to physically get into my head to break my mind. You don't have the verbal vocabulary to do that to me. And neither does the situation. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those. That's how you train yourself. That's how we're trained. All three of those are separate. Mind, body, and spirit, all those are three separate things entirely. A lot of people don't, don't know that, or they won't say it like that. But, I mean, you need to think like water, ice, and air. Those are all different, but they're also the same thing. I mean, these things are all connected. Once my, my body was broken, I mean, be, uh, torn in half, but y'all put it back together. And if, if you know that your spirit drives this, it's kind of like you jumping into your truck. Yeah, when you first get it, yeah, I mean, you kind of take it easy on it, right? But after a while, you learn how to drive that thing. And then after a while past that, you learn what it's capable of. 
And then you want to see what it's capable of. And you can usually reverse those two things. You know what I'm talking about? For sure. All right. How long, how long was your recovery after that? So I, that was June is when I got hurt. I went back probably about a little under a year, maybe right at a, at a, a year. And I was back in Iraq. Yeah. But it was um, my teammates were there. You, you need to see the difference between when we get beat up and when everyone else gets beat up. When we come out of it, like when y'all pulled me back, there wasn't much left. But every one of my teammates was around me in the back. I mean, all, all the guys that died, that, that was one thing. But when they pulled me back. And the only only verbiage coming out of their mouth was positive to me. Great job. I was praying for you. Way to take an ass whooping for the teams. I mean, you did it. That kind of thing. You know, that, that, that doesn't make you weak. That makes you stronger. Yeah. Whoever's sitting around you, if they're perpetually telling you that you're going to do something bad or you're going to do this, that, and the other, you need to get that, you know, you don't need to be around them. I mean, they're designed for a reason. They're, they're there to remind you that there's another side. And the guys that I run around with, man, they wouldn't let me go down. They wouldn't let me stay down. And I, my, I kept breaking. My body would break. It's all titanium now. But I, 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 I would just keep pushing myself. Moreover, the guys would just keep pushing me. It starts to feed itself because my spirit, my spirit kind of took a, a whipping. Have you ever had your confidence knocked out of you? Several times. Okay. Do me too. And it's tough because the further you go through life, Imagine getting really good at driving your, your, your body, like being able to use it. You put enough training into it. You learn how to do things with it. I mean, from everything, you can't even imagine. And then you get into a situation when you're older and it just, your confidence just gets busted right out of you. Well, that kind of happened to me. And then they killed everything around me to kind of hammer that in there. And well, I, when I got back, I still had, when the, when I healed up, remember you don't get battle weakened, you get battle hardened. Anytime that body breaks, you break something on it and it fixes itself or you get fixed, it's harder. But plain and simple. And so is your mind, too. That's how it works down here. For those listening who, I mean, I've seen the movie several times, but for those listening, what, um, if you don't mind me asking, what all injuries did you suffer there? And how do you think, because we just talked about mind, body, spirit, how, how are those three separate things present when, while you were going through what you were going through? Okay. Broken back, pelvis, my arm, my hand was torn out. I, I bit my tongue in half. My nose broke. Frag everywhere. Everything kept blowing up around us. I was thinking shot. Dude, it was awesome. I mean, it was the worst. It was, a, it was the worst whooping I ever took, man. I, it was. I, I, they whipped me till I was naked. I was almost naked. And I didn't have any skin on my back or my butt, my backside because of having to fall down the, uh, those cliffs. And I, I mean, I, it was, it was like walking around in a body rash kind of deal. But it was, <laughs> thinking back on it, it's not, I mean, it's not funny. It's so, it was, I mean, excuse my language. It was, it was, it was hard on me, but it made me hard. You know what I mean? It kind of made me tough and it kind of what I am now. So looking back at it, I can't be mad at it. But when I was going through it, you got to understand my dialogue changed change now. So it's like, hey, it was, it was a learning experience with my butt. It sure did. For sure. You feel like your spirit and your mind is like what? Because, man, because like you said at the beginning, you know, like we all have these physical frames, but it's about what's underneath that. And obviously, right. I would think your physical stature to what, to an extent, kept you alive. Sure. But how does, yeah, that's, but how does your spirit 
play into that, just the motivation aspect of that? Great question. That's a great question. Okay, so you have to train that thing. Yeah. Okay, because they're, they're kind of separated. They're, they're are, they are separated when you come in, into life, really. And going through SEAL training, you need to understand, they, they, they put us in every situation they could think of to break us up into the point uh, of guys dying sometimes. You know, I mean, it's, uh, and we have a thing called Hell Week. So me going through that, I'd been in similar situations like that. Not that long, mind you, and not that severe, but I had been in a, a, a lot of them that were very, very severe and, you know, and difficult. So I knew what I was capable of already. And then they kept pushing me and pushing me and pushing me. Up until the point, hey, I, I, I mean, hey, whip me good. I, I was, <laughs> I'm not going to say I won. I didn't win. I, I, I learned a lesson out there. I got humbled quick, man. I, I, I sure did. Now it's different. You you want to go at me now? You got to take me all the way back to that spot, and then further. That that's what those situations do to a person. But um, and that's what every situation in life is designed to do to you. In order to grow an inch, you have to move that body an inch, right? You have to get up. Like the further you travel, the more you learn. I read a st- statistic one time said fifty three percent of all people don't even leave the town they grew up in. I mean, think about that. Well, well I mean, I, that's more of an opinion than, than perspective because that comes throughout life too. Age is rank. That's the best thing down here. It's like, because you can't get ahead of it or behind it. You can study ahead of it. Like, hey, oh, I, oh, I've been hanging out with this guy. He was 80 and yeah, I get some wisdom in there, but you're still going to have to go through life to apply it for sure. And that's that's the coolest part about it. Over the years, was there any any unique um, things that you would do to get back into shape? Okay, that's a great question. What's the best way to to, to explain this to everybody? I, I see all. I get online. I'll see all the workouts, and, and, and they're great. There's there's so many workouts now that there's no reason for you not to be in shape. Even if you don't like working out, we can put you on a diet that will get you in shape. Now, you need to understand, like, I, I was born small, so my whole life, I wanted to put on weight. So when people complain to me about, oh, I'm too big, I want to lose weight, that doesn't mean anything to me. I don't, I don't even hear you. I'm like, I, what are you talking about losing weight? If you're big, that's beautiful to me. And I was so small, I wanted to be, to be the, the bigger guy. And, as you go through life, I mean, there are certain things designed for certain people. The joy in life is to figure out which one that is. So if you... If you've heard, for those of you who haven't heard and, and through your life, you're going to hear mind, body, and spirit. And we've said it a few times here on the show already, mind, body, and spirit. Some people are born into this world into straight body systems. When they're growing up, they only play sports. You ask them, like, hey, why do you, you, you know they go to the gym. You can see it when they walk in. You're like, hey, I guess that dude works out. That girl works out. So they're obviously a body person because they spend a lot of time sculpting that. A lot of times you'll get a person who was born into that realm, into the body person, and they won't go to church, right? Or they won't go to, usually they won't go to uh, school. Like they their minds are focused on working out and their spirit drives them in that. Then you'll get some people who are mind people, like they're, the are, are geeks and nerds and everyone who spends time in the library all the time. And all they do is read and study. I'm like, why? And they don't ever go to the gym. And then obviously you have people who are spirits. They walk around with beads and crystals and everything on them and they won't go to the gym and they really don't even like going to school. They're just free spirits. You can see them. 
And then when you pe- they're, in, they're in church and everything like that, very rarely do you have people who train all three of those. But, but, but look at, you know what I mean? So look at your body. You, I know you train that thing. I do. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thank you. I also know you train your spirit because of your family. Mm-hmm. So knowing what happens when you train your body, look at the results. I, not only do I know you're training, I know you're training hard. Uh, your, your body, I mean, I only work out. So if you train your spirit like that, you can hear it. People can feel it. Also, if you train your mind just as, mo- just as much as you train your, uh, your spirit and your body, man, when you get all three of those running together, they open up doors. That, and that's the way it's designed to work. Life in itself used to just train the body to no avail. I mean, especially with the men, you're supposed to be outside and we'd look like this naturally. And then, then, you know, you, the wife comes online. Each, each, each phase of life is designed to teach each, uh, a part of your body, whether you want to or not. So that's uh, a lot of people get frustrated with that. And they, and they, they don't want to, they don't want to study. But over time, what happens is like guys who work out real hard, their body starts to break down. So then what are they going to do? Well, they wind up in school. I mean, like warriors always wind up reading poetry. Think about that. <laughs> you, you can't be a body person and beat yourself to death your whole life. You'll either die or you'll transition. And I think the, the part of life as you grow older is for, for that to happen. It's for you to transition. Like I trained my whole life to do this job. And my transition now is to turn around and teach, teach what you taught me, what I learned from everybody else. That's the gift. And if you do that, man, it, it, it really helps you understand what you've learned. Like, I, I, I didn't think about any of this until I had to start talking to you all about it. It was just a part of my life. I just had to go through it. And, yeah, it was, a, it was tools in my toolbox, but I, I didn't ultimately understand it until I had to give it back. Yeah. How have you, how have you incorporated all those different – because I, I, that's, I've actually really never thought about that. That's so true. Like, if you overemphasize one thing, then you neglect – other things. So in your life, how, Absolutely. Have you, how have you tried to balance all those different aspects of, of training? Because, <laughs> that's a because, great question. Because it is, I think that's why Paul said it, like, because physical, it, it is training. And then, you know, if we're training for godliness, like there is like disciplinary things that we can put into practice that actually do that. And even school, like if I never study, I'm not going to make good grades by and large. There are some people, you know, that don't have to study that, that can make good grades. But by and large, if I don't study, I'm not going to make good grades. And if I don't work out hard, I'm not going to be big. I'm not going to have the body I want to have. And spiritual, if I don't read or pray or worship, then I'm not going to have the relationship with God that I might desire to have. So for you, how have you like intentionally put into practice ways to kind of help all three of those areas in your life? Okay, so I, I was one of the guys that got separated. I, I, didn't, I didn't have all those blessings at one time, like the spiritual part. Like I had faith. I had that. And then my faith got me to the church house. The church house sharpened it and taught me how to wield it. I, I didn't know how to do that. Every phase of my life, the first phase was the mind part. I was in the schoolhouse all the time. They sharpened that. When I got out, the second phase for me was body, SEAL teams, military, war. Third phase for me was my faith, right? And, and, and going in there. And I, I try to talk to people. People get so upset about so many things that they, they probably they shouldn't. But when, when I try to describe to the younger generation about faith, I was like, okay, do you, do you study martial arts, boxing, Gracie, jiu-jitsu? Which one? That's kind of like your church houses with your faith. Like, are you a hardcore martial artist? Like, where you love tradition? And this, because you know what each part of that does, because it's there for a reason. That stuff's written down for a reason. 
And the first part of my life with my faith, I just would hang around the guys who had it. So it was almost like studying a martial art or studying boxing or learning how to fight, watching somebody and trying to mimic it. I, I, I didn't, I, no one actually focused on me to teach it to me. And when I was a young boy, it was the same thing. Like I got, I'd watch TV, those, the, all the Kung Fu movies and everything like that to try and be a martial artist which I thought I was good until I went to the schoolhouse. And then they showed me, well, <laughs> what I wasn't, <laughs> right? And that's kind of where you want to start at a young age, but I didn't have that. But I had life. Life taught me that. Yeah. And that's what happened to me. So then when I got to the schoolhouse and someone started teaching me the faith part of it, like where God's hand was in it, because if you think you're going through life and God doesn't have a hand in it, man, you go crazy. I mean, it'll just wear you out. It'll just man, I think that's the lesson down here. They're like, hey man, you know, he's always watching and he's got a great sense of humor. I hope you're aware of that, Christian, that, that God has a, a fantastic sense of humor. And I am a prime example of that. Okay, so he, I love him so much and he whips my butt on a regular basis just for 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 humor, I think. And that's how I've learned that. And then when I realized that man, that everyone down here has to go through something hard. Is it a problem or is it a burden? Because I drew my burden. I carry it. And I try to carry it well so so you wouldn't have to. So And then you're going to have to go through something. And I'm going to have to watch you go through it, son. I'm going to have to watch you go through yours. But I'm going to be right here going, hey, look, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. It, you, you'll know the difference. God wouldn't put that on you unless it was to teach you a lesson and how to, and how to survive that. That's why we're down here is to learn. Yeah. Was there ever a part in your life where you had faith without practice, maybe, if that's the right way, versus to where something, oh, yeah, I believed in my, yeah, I believed in my something family. really clicked in you? Yeah. 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 My family, my friends. Like, I, I think that might have been one of my, uh, my sins that I, that I would, my, would break, that I would do, was I, I cared about my friends and I would hang out with them more than I hung out with God. That's why he killed all of them around me. You know, I mean, that's why he takes them away from me. If, if you've done your research on me, you know that everything dies around me. I mean, that's, I'm not saying that as a joke. I'm not saying that to be mean or to scare anybody, but it's a fact. Because I concentrate more on them than I, than, I, than I did on him. And that's part of it. it says that. You have just the most unique life. It's, it, it really is crazy. But, you know, with you talking about the schoolhouse, you're also super intellectual. And when I hear Willie talk about your faith, it's it's... A lot of times it's outside of the box. It's really apologetic and super science-based and really smart. So for you, what, what really clicked with, with God and science, and how do you feel like those two coincide together? Okay, so one language is just trying to describe the other one. Imagine you have a mom and dad. All right, you got a mom and dad. Think about your mom and dad. They're different. I mean, yeah, they're the same, but they got different personalities, right? And trying to describe something in, in, in different ways. And ask me the second part of that question again. Like God and science, how, how, how did the Christian, two... I'm sorry, I didn't hear it. How did, how did God and science coincide? <laughs> so if, if he created all of that, he created everything. There was one language, a logic. So if I, if I say something and everyone understands it, not only that, they can turn around and explain it to somebody and they can understand it. That's logic. A lot of times what will happen is someone will see something and they'll turn around and try to explain it in, in, in their way, which is not bad. And, and it kind of gets broken down. 
I mean, you have to think about faith over time as, as we grew as a people, as a civilization. And think about all the trials and tribulations that we've had to go through. So if you had the, the way, you have, this, is, this is the way. Now, we've got to separate and we've got to consume this earth and we're gonna, we've got to cultivate it. So we're going to have to spread out, be it for whatever reason. Back in the day with the family, where there was an argument, somebody snored too loud. Go sleep on the other side of the hill. I don't like the way you, whatever it was. Imagine me teaching you something, a philosophy, and I died, and you only got half of it. But you tried to keep it alive. And you started teaching your kids and everyone around you. But man, you died. People weren't, a lot of times people were living a long time, and then there was times in this age where we didn't live very long at all. 30 max, 30, 40. So the breakdown, like during the um, Alexander the Great, when all those those nations were conquering the world, the average age of those guys was 30s. That's when they were dying. Think about that. Think about guys like us in our 30s, what we, if, how we would do things. It'd be all, it's physical. If you don't go, if you don't like my way, I'm going to kill you. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> I mean, life is chaos without your elders around or if you don't have that wisdom. You got to think the first war that went down where the guy's trying to get back in the garden, right? I mean, probably, I don't know that for a fact, but it makes sense. And guys will argue or do just out of sport. So the godliness comes in there when it's kind of like, I, I always knew that existed because I believed in my family. My father, my father, my mother was there. They came to two, two different sides of those perspectives. Then my friends would come in and they would reinforce it. Now, sometimes I wouldn't understand it. I'm like, why do you, how do you know that? And they were like, God showed me. Well, I was like, well, he didn't show me that way. I'm like, well, yeah, no kidding. But I didn't understand that as a kid. I'm like, what? well, why wouldn't God show me like that? And like, well, that was for him. That was his gift. You have your own, depending on what time that goes in. So when you say, how do you know that God existed? I'm like, well, how, do you, how are you here? I'm like, well, that doesn't answer my question. Okay, well, do you believe in your dad? He was here. Yeah. What about your great, 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 great grandfather? Did you know him? No. Well, how do you know he existed? Well, because I'm here. Oh, so you don't actually have to see him. You can have proof that there's a pass down, right? And I, you know, thinking logically like that, I was like, okay. And it says, it even says in the Bible how different we are. Like, someone broke it down for me one time. That, you know, there, we have, there's different blood types down here. Did you know that? Okay. When I say that, most people don't pay attention yeah, yeah. So there's four different blood types and there's eight different blood groups, right? So when I say you have different blood than me, a lot of people just shrug that off. I'm like, you mean you run on completely different fuel than I do? What keeps you alive is completely, the only thing common down here is water. Even people eat different food. The only thing we consume down here is the same water and air, and that's the same thing. Other than that, man, you got to think, so what runs on the same fuel can be completely different. If I'm talking about a race car and you're talking about a speedboat, yeah, so that's, that's, they're, they're, they're kind of vehicles of transportation, man, but they're completely different. That's the way the human form is designed. And over time, we've, there's hybrids. Like you can have people, because of the way things splice together, over time, they have all kinds of skill sets. There's people down here who get sick. There's people down here who don't at all. People who are strong, people who are weak. There's people who cry when they talk about their emotions. And then there's people down here who are homicidal maniacs and will kill you so fast. They're worse than a, they're a virus. 
So every living thing down here on earth has a human walking around like it. Think about it like that. I've heard it said like that. It made a lot of sense to me. I was like, yeah, there's some, there's some people down here that are viruses, man. No, they'll kill you quick. They attack. There's snakes. Like there's, there's people down here that'll kill you in 10 seconds. We got snakes like that. I mean, uh, the way he said it to me, he's like, that's why kids' books are written around animals. And the, we talk about our spirit. I mean, good Lord, there's a whole species of humans devoted to the, to the spirit, the Native Americans. They, they can teach you all about that. I mean, that gets overlooked. And it, 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 it almost feels like over time, if you look back over history, all the suffering we're doing, and, and especially with our generation, the wars and the pandemics, I mean, you got biblical freezes. I'm like, why do you make people go through that? You know why? You know why you go through stuff like that? It's not for punishment, although you think it is, especially when you're in it, but it's not. Thank you very much. You know what the best part it does is it produces a family because you're going through it with somebody. If you That one thing about the military and SEAL training is that we suffer together, so there, it doesn't matter what else comes in front of us. It doesn't matter. Everything else is like wasted time. It's just we want to do something good. So as a country, how would we become a family again? We'd have to be in hard times. Well, we're, we're kind of in the middle of that right now. Well, it's so interesting you brought that up because something that I feel like I wrestle with, I feel like even just everyone in their faith wrestle with, you know, if you look at James where it says, um, consider it pure joy when you face many trials, when you, when you face trials of many kind, um, is that something that you feel like being a seal instilled in you? Or does that feel like, you know, something that you've kind of always had innately in you or how have you gotten to a point where you really, if a trial comes, how do you consider it with joy or how do you kind of just accept, oh, yeah. accept that? James is on point with that. That's like swinging James swinging a baseball bat around and smacking you right in the face with it. Because that's what SEAL, he's talking about SEAL training. If you sign up for that, you're knowingly getting your butt whipped every single day, multiple times a day, and you want more. That, that's a thing. Guys, guys who play sports want to do that in any capacity, in any capacity. First of all, if you don't go out and try to get in something, life will just weigh you down. It's too heavy by yourself. It's almost like, Best way I try to explain it is that when you come in as a baby, you can't take care of yourself, can't do anything. You actually have to move around to make that thing grow. Your parents move you around, everything kind of grows in between. And then there's there's steps along the way to make you stronger and stronger and stronger, mind, body, and spirit. If you stop progressing in any of those forms, especially at a young age, life will get so heavy that it'll you'll die, it'll crush you. Because everyone else keeps moving. That's how you know life's its own thing, because when we die, it just keeps going. So for you, I mean, all the, all the different physical sides of training, buds training, uh, going off to secluded places and, 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 yeah. and getting these workouts in, how do you, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know what your training regimen is like now. Obviously, it's not as difficult as it was, I'm sure, 20 years ago. That's a great question. That's a great question. Okay, so the, one of my instructors, one of my chiefs was the best. He was the best at it. My dad said it a little different way, but he said it like this, hey, look, get titles out of it. Like, just, just remove all, like, Navy, Air Force. Imagine we're just a, a clan of people right here. And at your age, you want to go on adventures around the world. All right? So in order to do that, because it's a hostile place, I'm going to train you to be a badass. I'm going to train you to fight, live off the ground, make fire, dig in the ground, everything. I mean, I'm going to teach you things like you can't even imagine, son. And, yeah, here's some – I'm going to give you the best weapons I got. I'm going to give you the best literature I got. I'm going to bring the best people I have around to teach you 
even if you're not going to be the best, you're going to be good at it. And when you get a bunch of people who are good at something, then you become the best. Usually if you have one person who's the best at something, everybody else will sit back because humans are lazy, kind of. And they'll be like, he's got it. Right? Man, but that's not how we work. Right? So each guy's got a skill set. And they get really, really good at it. And then you get good at your buddy's skill sets because you're always working with them. And that perpetuates itself. And then you just become unstoppable. For sure. Well, I have this uh, this one question. I'm, I'm just kind of interested just to hear your your uh, your perspective on it, kind of your um, uh, maybe your journey on it, if that's maybe the right word. But if you spend you know your whole life and um, really what you do, what you love, dedicated to you know to this idea of of, of being a specialist, like you said, a Navy SEAL is a specialist. Um, you, know, you do things that people can't imagine, and all these other things. How do you feel like the discipline that comes with that, and you know, almost like this switch that you have to really flip to get in, into these spaces. How do you feel like? How do you feel like you transition from that to going back and and, and being at home and being a normal person, following Jesus yeah. in this crazy world, but also exercising self control, but also still battling with things that you've been through. How do you feel like? I don't know. Like how how yeah, have yeah. you walked that out? Because I feel like that's that's a great question. That's a great question. And when you got, when Jesus is behind you, it's a lot easier. Because when you wake up in the morning, break it down into thirds. Like he's going to get up in the morning, we're going to go work out. We're going to do the body thing first. Or there's like, hey, we're going to wake up in the morning, we're going to read first. Or, or we're going to get up in the morning and we're going to go to church first, right? And then just kind of let the, if you try to carry the day, it's too heavy. Let the day carry you. Birds get carried by the wind, fish get carried by the water, humans should get carried by their day. Imagine you stand hypothetically in your head. I want you to put your mind here. It's like, okay, you get up in the morning, you're in your area. Imagine instead of you moving around, that God moves the people around you to you. And your job is to do what you do. You know, stay in your lane. You feel like, hey, somebody gets delivered to me. You'll see the situation. He'll, he'll have you prepped for it. And just be yourself, man, and do your thing. Now, you can go out of your way. That's what free will is down here. I mean, when they say you fell short of heaven, it's like, man, we kind of screwed up and we drew life. Have you ever paid attention to the words we use down here? Like, I got life, man. I got down here. You know, it's kind of because you come in here, learn how to deal with debt. You're dying the minute you get here. You got to learn how to live while you're dying. And at the end of it, you got to die. That's terrifying, right? It should be in the beginning. If you're an immortal spirit, like if your soul's immortal, how would you appreciate that? Man. Especially if you messed up, God would stick you in a place where you're like, oh, yeah, you're going to feel it. I'm going to give you life. <laughs> How many years did you draw? Well, no one knows. When they say children are innocent because they die when they're young, it's because, man, they didn't have to do very many years down here. They, they didn't mess up. I mean, this is kind of how I had to look at it, right? I was like, so if you, I, like, I don't know, right now I'm at 46 years and counting, man, I've tried to be the best I can to get back home to heaven. <laughs> and it, it, it helps you when you turn it around, like, hey, any situation I go to get in now is because God put me in there. I would take everything that I learned throughout my life because those were those were gifts and use them to help the situation to better it, not to, to make it worse. And if you don't have somebody there to guide you on all those aspects, because they change throughout the day and throughout the life. I mean, first part of your life, like I said, you can be always working your body out, getting beat to death or working really hard. And then a little bit you're studying, a little bit you're going to church and then it'll switch on you. And if you don't have any 
Like if you don't have this feeling like you're, you're doing something wrong, like if you're on the right path, then you're on the right path. That's just, that's what, that's what that feeling's for. Yeah. Especially if you're walking with God. Okay. Just, if you will, just kind of step back and, and look at your life. And, and I don't, I don't mean, this is hard to do, but I mean, what happens at what part of your day? And when I say the thirds, I mean, think about it. Like when you get up, man, there's a lot of stuff. You're moving around. You're doing all kinds of stuff. And there's times you're sitting in front of the TV where, you're, where you're, your eyes are taking in your brain, right, to feed. Then you, then, you, then you eat and you go out and you do something else. So if you, if you can step back and, and calculate your life like that, it'll let you know. Your body lets you know where it, where it wants to be and what it wants to do. And that's kind of God driving you in that direction. It's, it's, it's real easy to overlook a, a lot of the simplest things because of how fast paced everything is around us. And, and that's okay. I mean, it, it's supposed to be like that. We do that to ourselves. Um, especially when you're coming into it as a young man or a young lady, it's going to seem fast paced. It's going to seem like it's going to consume you. I have a lot of my younger athletes and a lot of young ones coming up. I was like, man, how, how do you get there where you're at? I mean, how, did, how does that even happen? And the fact that y'all asked me that question blows my mind because I remember being, it's, it's not that I couldn't do it. I just remember being right where you were at and it seemed like yesterday. And my, my com, what I would tell you is if something presents itself to you, this is how you know God's working for you. Like if you're kind of sitting around and you get dropped in a situation, it should be exciting. Like challenges should be exciting and never be afraid to learn anybody else. I mean, those are the treasures in life. God even says that he's like, those are the, the people are the flowers and candy of life. So, I mean, if you're, if you're sitting there and this is how it works for me, I don't know if this, the, I mean, there's some people out there works for too. So I, I'm sitting there and I'm listening, trying to think, I'm like, God, I need some help with this. If you could just deliver it for me and, and someone can say it to me. Usually what he delivers to me is not what I want it to be wrapped in. Like it's somebody I don't want to talk to. I'm like, oh, I don't have time to even deal with that kind of personality. And it's not that I can't deal with that personality. There's just certain times when you're in certain moods. And I always remember that. So you'll be somewhere and you're like, I can handle something. I just can't handle this. God help me. And God will put you in the spot that you can't. Ha- you don't want to handle. Not that you can't handle it. You just don't feel like handling it. <laughs> okay? And if that's going down, you're in good shape. You're in good shape. If you're miserable all the time and everybody that gets swung into your life says something miserable and is in, 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 in misery, I mean, there's not one good person in there, not even your preacher. Like even if your preacher is just hell and fire and brimstone and in church every day, you might want to think about You might want to think about looking <laughs> like switching some stuff up. That's all I'm saying. Because remember, free will. You, you can always show them the way. You can show them the path, man. I can, I can guide you. I can put the, put the freaking glasses on you, man. I can't make you wear them. You just that's just kind of way it is, man. It's just, and that's what you're supposed to learn down here. Is you can willfully obey or you can willfully disobey. And my father, my father would always tell me, this is when it comes to like your dad's. He's like, hey, look, man, I'm not your friend. I'm not your friend at all. He's like, I'm your father. And, and I didn't understand why he would say this to me. Until it was time for me to step into that into that world, he's like, "Cause there's got to be one person down here that keeps you in check." I do the craziest things with my friends. I still have the same crew I've had since we were boys. We've been together forever. So when I, but around my kids and everybody else, I have to like enforce the rules. Somebody has to do that, 
And, there, and there's a reason for that. And here's how I knew my father was a great, great, great person. Because my friends loved him. Like my friends would hang out with him when we weren't around and they were always talking about him, even though he was hard on me and would beat us. I mean, good Lord. He was something, man. I, it was just like, it was just, it was, it was, it was different. I don't know how to explain that stuff, but it was worth it. And it, I always kept that in the back of my head. I'm like, my friends love this joke, man. He must be a good, he's got to be good. And I would see signs, yeah, I would see signs of that. But when he left, when he died, and I, I was, I got, put into, into that, into that spot is when I really started hearing his voice. Like when he really started talking to me and everything he said to me up into that, I could hear his voice plain as day. And I was standing somewhere, even if I hadn't been in the situation, my father has, and I'll be sitting there and something will present itself. And even though my life has trained me for certain situations, I still get the, and, and it's supposed to be that way. That way it doesn't ever get boring. There are situations I get into. I'm like, okay, you know, there's a variable in here I'm not aware of, or I wasn't trained, or I, would, I didn't prepare for. Right? If that's happening to you, that's okay. You kind of want that, guys like us, especially. That that's what keeps that fire going, that little unknown. Because you know as well as I do, when guys like when everything's everything, like we're on the couch and it's comfortable, and you know where the wife, you know where the kids are, you got food in your belly, we get lazy. As soon as we conquer everything, man, we get lazy. You kind of want you want to stay hungry. You want to stay keep that appetite. The minute you, you kind of, and I think that's why God made women. He gave them the ability to shift on us real fast. Like everything will be fine, and then in a second it'll be a hurricane. Like they get mad for some reason. And that's God's little funny way of keeping us steady. It, and in the same thing, keeping us on the edge. Like you want to stay sharp. You hear me, young man? Wait, I need you sharp. I need you to stay sharp, mind, body, and spirit. You go into that gym, train that body, keep it looking like that. When you're resting your body, when you're laying down, you're stretching, train your mind. Let that thing study, all right? That's how you calm your body down. Did you know that? All right. When you're doing your breathing, that's how you calm your spirit down, when, you, when you're kind of resting both those. Have you ever noticed that your body breathes for itself? It does that by itself. But you can breathe for it. So if you're taking deep breaths, this is what meditation is all about. This how it's explained to me. And it made sense. I was like, so if you're breathing for your body, what do you think it's doing? Something else. It's doing something else. So that's why you take the time to take to take some breaths for it. And if you've ever noticed you'll be in a situation and, and you'll consciously take one. You, you'll just do that. You don't even know why. And then you'll feel better afterwards. All right. That's you. That's your body saying, man, I need a damn break. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, that, and that's what that's for. So ultimately, you're nothing without that breath. The minute you check on down here, God shoves that sucker in you. Think about it being attached to you. So every time you exhale, it gets to come out and breathe for a second. Then it goes back in like your shadow and hides. And you can calm that thing down and you can fire it up. Okay, so real fast. You can take this part out. I know we may be done, but just, just, just for your part, because I see that you train, all right? Okay, so check it out. When, when you go for a run, like when you really get into your pattern, you have a breathing tone. Do you know it? Okay. It's, everyone's is different. Usually it's like two in through the nose, one out through the mouth. But it's, it's real fast. There's, there's, a, there's a second beat to it. You can, you can count if you want to. This is what we were taught. So if, you're, if you want to, and ultimately what you, why you have to run is because you're training your breath. Not training your body. You're training your breath. 
to exist when that body's moving like that. So if you sit down for 15 minutes and breathe like you're running, that's the same thing. All you have to do is just tell your body that and it'll calm itself down. Ultimately, the person who loses a fight or loses any situation is the person who loses their cool first, which means you lost your breath first. So in our community, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. The one thing we don't lose, we don't lose our cool, man. We don't lose our cool, which means we don't lose our breath. We're constantly just kind of slow is smooth, smooth is fast, man. You just kind of, if you start to get fired up a little bit, you calm yourself down. And you can control that. You can train it. I tell my young guys that, you know, I could, if we could drop down and start doing push-ups right now, in a, in a minute, everyone would be out of shape, dying on the ground, breathing real hard. But if you go into the bedroom with your wife, you'll be doing push-ups for an hour, breathing hard and screaming and yelling. You'll never get tired. You just, you just don't. It's because it's a mindset shift. It's still, it's still working out. It's a breath pattern. It's how you assimilate everything. And you have to learn how to control that down here. That's the gift. You got to work at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love, I, I really do. I, I really do love what you <laughs> said earlier. Um, just about the idea of, of our day in thirds. And I really feel like I'm going to take that into practice and looking at how I can train. Yeah. Mind, body, um, and spirit every day like that. So I'm really excited. Marcus, you're the man. Thanks so much for joining me on this podcast and really being, uh, open and vulnerable with all this, all the stuff that you went through with seal training and, and also your faith. And, um, just your journey along, along the way. None of us are perfect. And, um, I just love hearing your vulnerability about your life and just all the things you've been through. So thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. You bet, man. God bless you. Keep going. Charge it forward. You know, God is great. Thank you, Jesus, for everything. And never lose that fire, man. Just keep going. We got nothing else, right? All right. Amen. Y'all take care.